Hey there, welcome to The Career Prescription. I'm your host, Marjorie Stiegler. This podcast is all about the important stuff they don't teach you in medical school, about how to treat your career like the business it really is, and how to be strategic about your success. I'll show you how to use modern strategies to get ahead, create your own path, and do more of what you love. Every episode is inspired by questions from listeners just like you, so be sure to subscribe and of course send me those questions so I can use them on a future episode. So you don't miss anything, be sure to always check the show notes on my website. Are you ready? Let's get into it. Okay, guys, today we're going to be talking about how to use third-party platforms to build your expert reputation. So in a nutshell, these are unpaid content syndication platforms and guest blog platforms, which sometimes are one in the same. If you don't know the difference, I'll get to that here in a second. Um, Paid content syndication is an entirely different animal. That's a conversation for another day. So if you are especially interested in paid content syndication, drop me a note, let me know, and we'll put it on the calendar. But for the purpose of this episode, we're going to be talking about unpaid content syndication and guest blogging, really using these third-party platforms to build your expert reputation and enhance your professional visibility so that you get better and more professional opportunities. Okay, first and foremost, what do we mean by content syndication and guest blogging? What's the difference? So these terms, they do have separate definitions. A lot of people use them interchangeably, but there are some important differences. So content syndication is basically when you republish content that appeared first on your website or your company's website or somewhere else on the web. This is generally um, sort of a copy and paste. It is it will come with a, um, a statement that says it was originally posted somewhere else. And so it's not a repurposing. That's also a totally different topic, which is when you take content and you kind of change it up a little bit, massage it for a different format, perhaps update it and modify it, and then post it again or post it elsewhere. This is truly a syndication, which is that the same piece of content goes out uh, on a different platform, even if it's identical to content that's on your existing website. Now, this is uh, different, of course, from guest blogging, which is creating a new piece of content for a third-party outlet, for a uh, guest or for for a different blog on which you are a guest. And by that, you know, the sort of distinction there is that you've created a new piece of content and the article that you are writing uh, does not already appear on your website. So this is especially handy for people who do not have a current website or an active blog. If you want to write, you want to create content, but you don't want to wait to launch a website. And by the way, my friends, that's extremely easy. It takes about 15 minutes to have a website up and running from scratch, and really just a few dollars. It's extremely easy. But let's say you have some reason that you don't want to do it or you want to wait, but you still want to write and create content. Or perhaps you think you'll have greater perceived authority if your content is published on other websites rather than your own. And depending upon your topic, your audience, and of course the platform that you end up publishing on, that might be true. It's still my recommendation that you establish your own website, but for some some purposes and circumstances, that could be true. And it is important to think about the authority of the third-party platform that you're going to use to either syndicate your content or that you're going to target to try to be a guest. 
okay, why should you guest blog or syndicate your content? What are the benefits of content syndication and guest blog posting? Well, there are many, and they include reaching a larger audience because, of course, the platform on which you're syndicating your content or the blog on which you are a guest already has an audience. They already have readers. And ideally, you're going to want to select platforms that have a large audience and a large audience that is your audience, right? That's likely to be interested in what it is that you have to offer. So you're going to be looking for uh, platforms that have a long history of good established authority. And perhaps you're going to be looking for some niche platforms, some that are up and coming, but very specific to your work. So reaching a larger audience that isn't already aware of you, they're not already coming um, to your website. The other benefit is to earn backlinks. So backlinks, for those who are not really into search engine optimization, um, not really into all the technicalities of websites, backlinks are a way to have other websites link to your website. And that helps to tell Google and other search engines that your website is a worthwhile place to send people. And that helps your posts that are on your website show up earlier in search results when other people would be searching for information about the topics that you write about. So that's a, called a backlinking strategy. It's called off-page SEO. Uh, we'll get into that on a different, different episode. We'll get more deeply into that. But uh, earning backlinks is an important part of guest blogging and content syndication. Now, of course, gaining personal brand recognition, establishing professional authority as an expert, having your name or your brand be associated with thought leadership. These are also important benefits of guest blog posting and syndication because as we've already mentioned, when you show up on someone else's high authority website, it's then perceived that you have some uh, credibility to be there. So it does help you to be associated with thought leadership for your brand. It can improve traffic to your website. So through those backlinks or even just through awareness of the fact that you exist, and ideally, of course, with a link that directly comes to your website uh, that identifies your website as the original source of info, that is also really important if you are syndicating. Uh, but this improves traffic to your website. That's really important, not only to get increased readership, but also for that search engine optimization. And then expanding your social media presence. Very often when you are syndicating content or guest posting, there will be at least one opportunity for you to let people know, whether it's through a link or even just written text, uh, where they can find you on social media or where else on the web. So expanding that reach and that social media presence helps you to grow those platforms as well. So those are just a few of the reasons. Of course, there are many, uh, but they're good reasons. And if you're building a professional brand and hoping to get ahead through the uh, expertise and reputation as a leader, these are really important ways to grow that reputation, be established, and visible uh, as the leader that you are and the expert that you are. Okay, so how do you do it? There are really two main categories in my mind of unpaid content syndication. Again, paid is a totally different animal. We can talk about it. If you guys want to, let me know. So the two categories that I think about for unpaid content syndication are what I like to call pitch and permission and self-syndication. So pitch and permission is exactly what it sounds like. You're going to need to pitch yourself and to pitch your content and get permission from that third-party platform uh, or have them accept your post and, and choose to publish it. 
So there are some amazing places like Forbes and Huffington Post that will do this. Uh, there are other online sources that really welcome content to be contributed. And of course, there's no guarantee that they will accept it. In medicine specifically, you could look to the very massive KevinMD.com. And then of course, those niche websites. So whatever it is that you are specifically interested in, if somebody else already has a blog or a podcast or some other content about it, it's actually a really great idea to reach out to them. They may be more than happy to publish your information, your post along uh, on their website, especially if they are already doing that with other guest bloggers because the content is the same. It will appeal to the audience. So that's perhaps a smaller website with a smaller audience, but very, very targeted. So think about that. That's pitch and permission. If you go to these websites, you'll usually be able to find a, a, um, a, web, a web page or a submission portal where it gives instructions for authors and tells you how to go about submitting your content, it gives you instructions for length and other things like that. Um, be aware that when you publish on other people's platforms, they will sometimes change the title. They will sometimes need to edit for length. So there may be some ways in which your syndicated content has to get slightly changed. So just be aware of that. Um, make sure that you're comfortable with that or that you discuss it with that third party. Okay, self-syndication. Let's look at that. This is when you republish your blog post on one or more of a variety of channels over which you basically have control. You simply just have to set up an account. One of the ones I think is most important these days is Medium. And Medium seems to have recently gotten a lot of traction. People think that it's kind of new, but it really isn't. It was launched in 2012 by Evan Williams, who's the co-founder of both the Blogger platform and of Twitter. And it is sort of a hybrid collection of both professional authors and just regular people, um, existing blogs and just uh, you know, new content. It's sort of a blog host or a hybrid platform, and I think they like to call it social journalism. You don't need permission to post on Medium. You simply need to set up an account. Um, you, it's free for writers, and that's very valuable for you if you want to get on there and post. It is a paid subscription platform for readers. So there is a slight a disadvantage there, but it's still wildly popular. They get a lot, a lot of readership, and the, the paywall is small. It's a few dollars a month. Um, they have an incredible import tool. So if you have an existing blog, it's really easy to import all of your content, including your images, links, and so on, and just have it shared out on Medium. And of course, you can set up your Medium profile to link to your social media accounts, and you get that attribution statement back to your primary blog. And without getting too technical, I've alluded to this already, search engines really like to know the source of the original copy. And they use this with bits of data that they call meta tags. So Medium automatically applies this, so you don't have to do anything about it. And you should just know, if you if you don't know anything about search engine optimization, um, it's a good thing for Google and the search engines to know that your website is the original so source of your post uh, that's published on Medium or anywhere else. If you're publishing with third parties that you have to pitch and get permission, you'll need to talk to them about these meta tags to try to ensure that they are... Um, identifying your website as the original source. Otherwise, because they probably have a higher rank than you do, they're bigger, right? Huffington Post is probably bigger than your blog. It might be that your content shows up only on Huffington Post and kind of outranks your own site. 
which isn't the end of the world if you're small and growing, but it is a little bit of a sabotage. Anyway, that's a little bit of a tangent, but I wanted you guys to be aware of that. Medium makes it really easy and they give proper attribution automatically. So that's super. Another great place to post is SlideShare. So the idea around SlideShare, as they describe it, is that instead of having to scroll through a lot of text, you can just flip through a slide deck or some other type of visual, and you can get the same type of information, but much more quickly and in sort of a shareable format. Plus, SlideShare is owned by LinkedIn, and so it's connected there to your professional account. So it really helps to build professional authority, credibility as an expert, because that's sort of the LinkedIn brand, right, is, is very professional, very much around expertise. It is one of the top 100 websites in the world, SlideShare. So you simply upload your slide decks, your infographics, or even videos and documents, um, but visual format, really, really popular. People can look at them. You can set your settings so that there is a, a sort of full um, transcription, or you can add uh, text if you want to to support what you have written in the visual format. You can allow people to clip it and download it if you want to. You can also turn that feature off. Uh, but then the SlideShare is just a really great way um, to establish that credibility because it also shows that you present and create um, this kind of content, which is different from just writing a blog, right? If you can show the slide presentations from various speaking engagements, then that helps in a sort of an indirect way to say not only do you have this content, but you also have these various engagements. You, you can say where you were speaking, who invited you, things like that. That can be very helpful. SlideShare, it's public. Uh, it has a very high search engine credibility because it is linked to LinkedIn. Okay, Quora. There are two good ways to publish on Quora, if you don't know it. Quora is Q-U-O-R-A.com. So Quora is a question and answer platform, and it's designed to answer questions that aren't really that conducive to a simple Google search. You know, questions that require some background and context and explanation and then sort of asking for advice. Uh, and the idea there is that Quora users uh, answer with their professional opinions about uh, the advice that other people are asking. If you give great answers, there's sort of an upvote system, which lends even more credibility to whatever you have said. So that's Quora in a nutshell. It's it's important, too, because it allows you to not only give that authoritative answer, but to engage and have conversations with relevant audience members who might be interested in coming to your blog or knowing more about you, uh, inviting you to speak, perhaps hiring you, whatever the case may be. Quora also has a blogging platform. So you can post actual articles, and they can be syndicated articles that you have already written on your own website, or they can be brand new content. So it's sort of like a guest blog host and a syndication platform in one. The especially good news about Quora, like their blogging platform already has a lot of search engine authority and recognition. So unlike your own website, which is maybe not as well recognized by Google, you already have sort of a search engine optimization boost because the Quora content and the Quora platform already have that boost. Plus, within the Quora platform, readers do their own searches, and that makes it easier for them to discover your content. So there, there is a search engine optimization boost there. And what I, what I really mean by that is that it's easier for a person who doesn't know anything about you or your expertise who's typing in a topic to find you as an expert. And that is one of these benefits of these third-party platforms. Okay, YouTube and podcast channels are really, really great. 
Uh, of course, there's other video uh, platforms as well. You could do Facebook Live. Uh, you could do even Instagram TV. I think right now, especially in terms of search engine discoverability, YouTube is probably the king there, especially as YouTube is owned by Google. Uh, and podcast platforms, especially if you are on uh, the big ones like iTunes, Google Podcasts, these are really, really great ways to get found for your expertise. And of course, does not require you to have a blog. If you do have a blog, it's, I think, a great idea to be embedding your videos and your podcasts onto your website. And it's really ideal if people come to your website to watch your videos and to your website to listen to your podcasts. That way they can kind of binge your content all sequentially instead of being on a third-party platform like YouTube where when your video is over, they're going to be served a recommendation to watch something else and it might not be yours. So in order to kind of keep that captive audience for people who know you and like you, it's well worth, again, having that website. It takes just minutes to set up where you can host these things directly and also have them live, of course, on iTunes, on Google Podcasts, on YouTube, on Facebook. All right, speaking of Facebook... You should have a professional page on Facebook because it is fully public and searchable. If you have that Facebook page, then you can do those videos. You can write long-form blog content. That's a really great place for you to be able to showcase your thought leadership. And again, you can publish You can publish your own existing blogs, so you can link to them from Facebook to say, come on over to my website, read this blog, and you can engage in conversation around it right there on your Facebook page. You can also, as establishing your thought leadership, post other people's blogs and other people's content and start conversations around them right there on your Facebook page. That still establishes you with that thought leadership and expertise, even if the original post or the post being discussed is not your post. There's another potential benefit, of course, which is that you can tag the authors of those posts when you're having these conversations or even reach out to them directly and say, hey, can we have a conversation about this? Um, I've posted it on my page. And if you do that and they share it, which they may, uh, then you can get even more eyes on your content. But importantly, this conversation is on a public Facebook page, so it can be found by anybody and read by anybody, whether or not they're connected with you, you know, as a friend on Facebook. Then finally, back to LinkedIn. LinkedIn, like Quora, sort of has two main ways, as I see it, for you to syndicate content. Uh, you can republish your blog post as a as an update, right? So you can link to the URL of your blog post um, and start talking about it. That makes it shareable. Other people can kind of have a conversation around it, kind of like we just described on Facebook. Or you can use the native LinkedIn blogging platform where you can just write something brand new right there. Now, you could copy and paste your entire old blog and truly do a syndication right there on LinkedIn Pulse, or you could write your own brand new one. So it's it's kind of like a guest blog post, kind of like a syndication platform. You can do anything you want there. There's really so much opportunity. Just make sure that your settings are public so that they can be found by search engines. The entire purpose of this, if we remember back to the beginning, the whole conversation, why would we even be doing content syndication, is because of all of those reasons to reach that larger audience, have an off-site distribution network, meaning off of your own website, getting the word out there distributed more widely, getting links back to your original post, getting brand recognition and authority, thought leadership on other websites, 
and improving traffic to your site, as well as expanding your social media presence. So there's a lot of good reasons for doing this, and all of them hinge upon the fact that people who do not know you should be finding you on these other websites. And that's why it's so important that it be completely public and indexed by search engines. So if you don't already have a website, but you want to start getting your name out there, this is a really great way to do it. Come up with some original content and go ahead and publish on these platforms. Before you do that, I do have one sort of closing thought. If you're going to do that before you've established your website, it's really well worth it to establish some other kind of digital home base. So whether that is a professional Facebook page or a LinkedIn account, something that you can direct people back to, because you don't want to just publish with just your name on one of these third parties without a place for people to come and find you. So choose one of those sort of social media platforms, I suppose, spruce it up and make it your best professional self. Uh, We've talked about how to do that uh, in some existing episodes, like your stellar online presence, and we'll continue to get into how to make that even better with professional branding as we go forward. But it's really important to have a place for people to come and find you. It's best if it's a place that you control entirely, your own website. And again, really simple to do, does not take a lot of time, does not take a lot of money, and you don't even really need to, to make you don't need to make it fancy and you don't need to do a lot with it. It's it's just great for it to exist if it is sort of the place where all of these third-party platforms can link back so people can find you and of course find your contact information there so that they could email you or call you you can still benefit quite a bit from these syndication platforms. Grow your following, establish your reputation, get increased social media presence uh, using a LinkedIn or Facebook or some other type of uh, platform as your home base. Just make sure that it is something everybody can access. So you'll hear me talk in other uh, other episodes or in videos about doximity as a really important target for your online presence. But doximity is a, sort of a semi-closed platform. You don't want to choose a semi-closed platform for your social media home base if you're using something other than your own website. You want it to be something that's completely public, that literally anybody can come to and anybody can uh, engage with you on it and anybody can find ways to contact you on it. That is an essential part of sort of your digital home base. And if it's not going to be your own website, make sure you choose a platform and your settings that allow people, anybody to come find you and anybody to contact you through it. Thanks for joining me on this episode of The Career Prescription. Be sure to leave me a review on Apple Podcasts or whatever podcast player you're using to listen today, and definitely send me those questions so I can answer them and give you a shout out on a future episode. Bye for now. (music) 